0: Oh. Oh. That was actually really satisfying. I think I finally understand ASMR now.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: That was really satisfying to hear.
1: Yeah, it's like the crisp ASMR. I don't like the, like the chewing ASMR or like the those sorts of ones.
0: Yeah, those are obnoxious but, noises. But like or like the, the whisper s- parties. Whispering's fine, but Whispering. nothing beats the sound of cracking open a cold one. There are many stories told about the bond between mother and child. Dramas. Tragedies. Comedies. With Dumbo, Walt Disney attempted to tell one such story. Can love truly conquer every obstacle? Can those who are ostracized and oppressed learn to soar above and beyond? How are a flock of crows and a team of night laborers so astonishingly cringeworthy in their depictions? And more importantly, we ask the question, what is the breaking point of a team of artists in dire need of financial representation? Hi, my name is Nate Conrad. This is my friend. Abby Rose. In this episode, we make progress in the field of abnormal veterinary science as we begin investigating, appraising, and of course, dissecting the mouse.
1: Hey, hello, how are ya? I haven't been Ow. able to get the stupid freaking elephant fly songs out of my head.
0: Very opposite. I have a completely I completely have a song locked into my brain that is going nonstop, but it's very much not that song. It's it's the best song in the whole in the whole show. Well, it's my favorite song in the whole show. Which one? Uh we'll get to that
1: in Uh-oh. a little bit. Uh oh <laughs> I really hope it's not the rest about song because it's that not one... the Rastabout. Okay, cuz like the reason why I'm I I hate that the elephant fly song stuck in my head is cuz it's yeah, no, we You know, they come yeah. from the same place.
0: <laughs> it's a it's not a good if they they're both the it's not a good look. Yeah. of Dumbo. But to, yeah. You know what does look good? Um and this is and that's a huge lie because I can't say it looks good, but the characters. I mean, in some places, the characters look good, but...
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they yeah. look fine. They look fine.
0: Yeah, th- that's the story of Dumbo. It looks fine.
1: It's fine. That's just <laughs> Dumbo. It's... It's fine. It's fine. Walt,
0: Di- Walt Disney pitched it, and he was like, Dumbo, it's fine.
1: It's... This is fine. It's fine. Literally, <laughs> like... Like, I was looking on the Wikipedia, and when um they... The, like, producers were really unhappy that the movie was so short it was only like 64 minutes long and there's like a quote from walt saying look like it's it's fine like you can't make it you can't tack on 10 more minutes because the story will collapse it's already been stretched to the limit it and, really has <laughs> like literally it's like a quote of him saying essentially it's fine leave it They were just we've gonna pick done what another... we will
0: they're gonna fit in another elephant, pink elephant scene, except Dumbo does cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Gee, gosh. Dumbo, you need to really
1: wake up. Here, let's get some baby powder on your face. Wow, Uh-oh. what kind of baby powder is this? Whoa. Weirdly, they all. Weirdly enough, they also get that from the clown's tent as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly, of course, of course, yeah, of course, of course. Um, uh, but yeah, so, so let's just. <sighs> so yeah there's
0: no there's no gentle way to jump into dumbo hey dumbo
1: hey dumbo hey jumbo jr i hate that like that's his name is like dumbo like he like accepts the name and like makes it his because it's such a like a mean name It
0: it is it really is it's and it's i i look at it kind of tragically uh because keep in mind like he's a Baby.
1: He is literal baby the entire time. He is baby. And even, like, freaking Timmy the Mouse, he calls him Dumbo, like, from the start. I'm like, dude, you're helping him out. The least you could do is, like, call him by his name.
0: Maybe Timmy doesn't know his name.
1: Well, but isn't, like, on his, um... Like thing? His like water bowl or something? I don't know. Whatever. No,
0: that's Mrs. Jumbo. He's got he he hangs out at Mrs. Jumbo's water bowl, missing her. And mm. We're getting we're getting into the store. Let's 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 we're putting the cart in front of the horse.
1: We're putting the cart in front of the elephant.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's let's put the elephant out of our our misery.
1: That was a weird dark.
0: Oh wow, that was dark. That
1: was a weird line of words that you just said Um, Yeah,
0: like one of my favorite things to say to people is i'm gonna put you out of my misery and uh... get a chance to say it too often so i tried to shove it in there
1: and it did not go very well with this already horribly cripplingly tragic story yeah so abby yeah
0: why don't you tell me who are the characters in dumbo
1: Oh, we're going right into it. Okay. We're we're Um, going
0: dive we're diving in there.
1: Diving into We're
0: we're getting neck deep.
1: Okay, so characters. Um, I couldn't even sorry, my chair is so creaky. It's the same one that I've been using since high school. Hi guys, I'm in my old room. Wow. And it sucks. So, um characters. I don't think I was able to get up to like ten entries. Um, there were more characters I could have talked about, but I chose not to because... Hi, I'm Lazy.
0: Hi, Lazy. Um,
1: And my... (laughs) And my sister just had a baby, so...
0: Oh, yeah, congratulations! We didn't mention... Yeah, because your sister just had a baby, and now we are talking about baby.
1: We are talking about baby, but hopefully she won't have to deal with... I mean, I looked at her... Her ears seemed pretty normal, like, she seems pretty normal. Um... She's ridiculously she's, cute, but
0: she's cuter than the average baby.
1: She is normally. I babies don't find look,
0: babies cute.
1: Normally, babies like when they just come f- buns fresh out of the oven usually look like like weird alien babies, or they just look mm. straight up like Winston Churchill. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like this baby, for some reason, like she looks like like a Disney baby. Like she's so cute. So. Um, yeah, where we're thinking big things for her. So, um, okay, let's get into the characters here. Yes. So I did it try to do it as like as much by order of appearance as I could, but mm-hmm. I didn't when I was writing this up, I didn't rewatch the movie, so f- forgive me if if uh, you know, the clowns come in before Timothy Q Mouse or the ringmaster comes in before the clowns it's um, all
0: it's all a big mess you can you can argue that in the parade scene every character is introduced at once
1: yeah oh i took, completely forgot about the parade scene oops yeah it's 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 all dumbo it's dumbo all the way down um okay so the first character uh, or group of characters are the storks and specifically mr stork Uh, These birds are baby delivery drivers who are responsible for getting all the baby animals to their parents safe and sound. We never see them delivering human babies, so I guess it's only for animals. Which makes me wonder, does a stork deliver baby storks to other storks? Who delivers the deliverers? Who watches the watchmen? (laughs) Anyway, you can't run or hide from them, so that's terrifying. So... One of these storks has a cute little hat and vest because that's the only one we're supposed to care about. Um, After all, he's the one delivering Dumbo. And Mm -hmm. he's the one voiced by Winnie the Pooh. So uh, next we have the elephants, or as I like to call them, the ele... Oh! (laughs) Oh, (laughs) I am so looking forward to that being squeaked out. Um, I don't want that to be (laughs) squeaked.
0: I don't want that to have happened. I I, I go my life specifically trying to avoid saying a word that rhymes with hunt.
1: Uh, Okay, welcome to the circus. So, yeah, a group of cruel, vapid gossips who exclude Dumbo from their group because of his ears, and later because they blame him for his mom getting put in circus jail. They each have their own little personalities, which is cool, but they never really take back their nastiness, so they can all go choke on a peanut. Uh, and they so, do. And they do. Well, I don't know if they do, because we see them waving their little trunks. Anyway, um, let's move on to Mrs. Jumbo. She's, Mrs. Gumbo. She's a mom. That's it. That's her character. She even has the little frumpy mom hat to prove it. Uh, gets thrown in a tiny circus jail, because, sure, That's what they do with dangerous exotic animals. We've all seen Tiger King. We know what's up.
0: (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah, it's true.
1: (laughs) She just goes to jail.
0: We did all unanimously watch Tiger King at the beginning of quarantine.
1: You know, she just gets put in a little timeout zone. And that's it. That's what happens to her. Um, Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, Jumbo Jr. or Dumbo you're gonna like this um, <laughs> let me take a drink of bubbly before I do this
0: yeah get a little bit of the bubbly
1: <clears throat> you've heard of dummy thick we've talked about dopey thick but I these don't... these ears let me finish but these ears are dumbo thick
0: they're not even thick <laughs> They are
1: large and thin <laughs> uh, Yeah. Okay. I'm um...
0: very upset with you <laughs> and I'm gonna put you in time out. You're going to jail. You're <laughs> I'm going to circus jail. You're going to circus jail and you're gonna hang out with, with Mama Jumbo.
1: Man, okay, so uh yeah, like Pinocchio, Dumbo is literal baby. We never see Dumbo talk, though, probably because, again, he is literal baby. Does nothing wrong and still gets shut out by his elephant aunts, or or his, his, sorry, his elephant aunts, or... If you do it again! No, I I I have a different one. I have a different pun. Elephants, if you will.
0: Oh, that's actually worse.
1: Yeah, I know, right? And the (laughs) other one's a curse. Yeah. Um, okay, so... They're both uh, pretty cursed. Uh, uh, um, so he learns to fly at the end and becomes famous because for some reason that's the only way he'll get to see his mom again. Um, I don't know. I don't like the symbolism there where if you're divergent from the norm, the only way you'll be accepted is by proving entertaining or otherwise useful to the general public. Even though this is a way shorter movie than the others, there's a lot more packed in here that I... Have like dissected, literally dissected, hey, dissected, and like hey, looked into. we're dissecting into... the mouse. We're dissecting the mouse, yeah. Um, oh, speaking of the mouse, next up is Timothy Q. Mouse, a surrogate parent to Dumbo with a Yankee accent and an abundance of optimism. Uh, this was Edward Brophy's only voice acting credit because his whole acting career he was known for playing a gangster. We never really that's fe- amazing. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. That's so incredible. It's the oh, only, wise, only VA credit, but yeah, he he's like known for being that because um, I've heard the name Edward Brophy before, but I just had never realized. Yeah. Um, he's known for like playing a, an old timey gangster. That's why he has that old timey gangster accent is because he's literally that. he's the prototype for all of those like stereotypes.
0: Oh, wise guy. up! We know how to take care of you downtown.
1: Yeah, literally. Because I was like, I was like, wow, that's a really like tropey thing. Like you see that that sort of accent at all because he literally started it.
0: I'm just imagining the scene where he he sees Dumbo getting excluded and going, Oh, I'll take care of this, and he walks up to an elephant and breaks their kneecap. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. That's why yeah. you're afraid of mice. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's it's not it's not like mice. It's just this specific mouse. It's just him. They're like, no, no, he broke Sheila's kneecap. <laughs> um, okay, so um, <laughs> we uh, we never really figured out what what this mouse's deal is or why he has an adorable little coat and hat. But do we really need to? I mean, maybe, <laughs> maybe there's a little mouse circus nearby. I mean, maybe he was an usher at the House of Mouse back when it was rodents only. Oh, yeah, All back I- when it was open. All I know is that he's fiercely protective of Dumbo, and he helps him reunite with his mom. And also profits off of him at the end, which, uh, (coughs) Jiminy Cricket. Ah, I gotta... Anyway, yeah, he's, he's more genuine than Jiminy Cricket, but, like, he kind of has the same end result, where he becomes Dumbo's manager.
0: I, I, we've got a little bit of the same hat, but you're gonna, you're gonna flip sideways when you see where I go with it.
1: Uh-oh. Flip sideways. That's gonna be uncomfortable. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: so next we do the clowns. Oh, chaotic. The clowns. <laughs> I actually didn't really have a huge thing for this because by this time I was tired, and I'm like, I mean, they're clowns and they're cursed. Um, okay. <laughs> so chaotic, chaotic entities full of boundless energy and cheap champagne. Um, honestly, that's like me in college. So uh, <laughs> Dumbo gets put in in their act and spends most of the time just trying to stay alive as Pogo, Patches, Pennywise, and the others sacrifice each (laughs) other's safety for a laugh and money. Ah, yes, money. Um, Also, if those clown names sound familiar, it's because Pennywise, obviously from It, and then Pogo and Patches are both clown names that John Wayne Gacy (laughs) used. Because I was trying to think of the creepiest clowns that I knew, and so... Pogo, I didn't know that John patches. Wayne Gacy used Patches. I knew he used Pogo. Yeah, I because I was looking it up to make sure that Pogo was his his clown name, and then I saw that he also used the name Patches. But Pogo was obviously the most popular one. Because um, I think Patches might have been, like, a more, I don't know, like, a more kind of widely used clown name.
0: Yeah, that's, that's, like, generic clown number seven.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay, so... The Ringmaster. C A B,
0: assigned clown at birth.
1: No. <laughs> uh I'll have that on my on my uh, my Tumblr bio. Um... don't. Well do, but don't. <laughs> um so the Ringmaster. Mm. This this bumbling buffoon spends a lot of his screen time. <laughs> oh, I forgot I wrote this. Uh-oh. <laughs>
0: oh. Take it from the top, babe.
1: (laughs) You're gonna hate this. Oh, okay. Um, I just, I like spending our episodes just scandalizing you. Uh, okay. The Ringmaster. This bumbling buffoon spends a lot of his screen time in search of climax. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. A climax. (laughs) Timmy the rat advises him that Dumbo can give him the climax he needs which, which proves untrue because Dumbo being a baby is not up to the task
0: I'm just gonna real quick, I fold uh, up my pillow for a second turn the okay. other way
1: <laughs> uh,
0: yes uh. Okay, I'm back. I'm better. Uh, I forgive you.
1: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> Whew. All right, moving right along. I only have one more entry left. How uh, many characters is that? That is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's eight. I'm on my eighth. So, Crow Brothers. Some uh. Clearly, not at all racially influenced birds who helped Dumbo learn to fly. Oh sure, in early production for this movie, the lead crow was literally first name Jim, last name Crow, but it must have been a silly coincidence. There are five crows in all, the lead voiced by Cliff Edwards, who also did Jiminy Cricket. Uh, another notable name is the famous composer and musician Hall Johnson, who voiced another of the Crows and led the Hall Johnson Choir, which did the chorus vocals for a lot of early Disney movies. Son of I a bitch! Of what?
0: That's so much same hat that it's literally from my production talk. Same hat! Yay! Same hat.
1: Hell yeah. Cool. Well, I, I that provided a very pleasant... Um, little taste and then you can you can bring it up i can i can taste it coming so um do you want me to get into my source material
0: oh yeah i would love because you have so many tantalizing tidbits Uh, yeah
1: so here is okay okay
0: and you haven't told me anything. You've just constantly been telling me, like, in the buildup, like, ooh, I found out something weird. Ooh, I found out something terrible. Oh, you're going to hate this. So, of course, I am out of my mind bonkers about this.
1: Yeah. So, I'm going to preface everything with content warning, major content warning, uh, mention of animal abuse and animal cruelty, So for source material, I got a lot of my info from AM Digital's article, The Real Life Dumbo. The story of Dumbo follows the basic framework of The Ugly Duckling, or Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Weirdly enough, Rudolph came out just two years before Dumbo the movie, and the original Dumbo book was supposedly bought by Disney the exact same year that Rudolph came out. So like, at first I was like, oh, well, Dumbo came out after, so obviously they, you know, ripped it off rudolph because it's kind of the same story um but the fact that the book was bought by disney the exact same year that rudolph came out is kind of indicative that it just was a a weird coincidence um anyway in all three a baby is born all whacked up in some way uh gets ridiculed for it by the normal looking ones feels pretty cruddy about themselves, and then in a serendipitous twist of fate realizes that their weird thing is actually a good thing, either by doing something amazing or just doing a found family moment. All right, so <laughs> anyways, moving on. Um, a lot of people cite the actual real-life inspiration for Dumbo is a real elephant from the 1800s named Jumbo, who was super incredibly insanely popular, um, which Jumbo being the inspiration makes sense considering I th- like the mom literally names him Jumbo Jr. in the beginning. So maybe Jumbo is supposed to be his father. Um, so Jumbo was born in Sudan in 1860. Mommy was killed by poachers, and Jumbo was captured and sold to Lorenzo Casanova, an Italian and animal dealer and explorer. Which, by the way, that sounds <laughs> like such a fake name. Like, hi, my name Lorenzo. is Romeo Italiano, and I'm here to buy your elephant. Like, <laughs> wow. Lorenzo Casanova. Lorenzo Casanova.
0: I've got a great new Gigolo wrestling name.
1: I know. That's literally what it's, it sounds like. Like, you're playing jumanji and like like video game jumanji and there's like a guide that you have to hire or like an art dealer
0: and then you have to throw you have to throw the girl character at him to get him to agree to be the guide
1: you know what you know what uh that's why
0: it's casanova
1: you know what lorenzo casanova is the italian version of joe exotic (laughs) Oh, no! Do <laughs> no. you know me literally? Uh, yeah. No, like, it's it's just sad, because Lorenzo is a common name, and then Casanova is, like, you know, it's a very, like...
0: Yeah. Not of, so common.
1: Like like a very, like, celebrity-esque name. Yeah, with, I'm like, certain a famous even name. then
0: it was like, ah, this name will make me seem like I'm a big deal.
1: Yeah, yeah, true. All right, so... um yeah anyway i guess it's his actual name i don't know um so this guy buys baby jumbo and after the sale jumbo was sent to france to the Jardin des plantes a par- the Jardin des plantes a paris zoo before being transferred to london zoo in 1865 um so by this time he is five years old in London, he became a monumental hit. I keep saying how popular he is, but I cannot stress to you how popular this freaking elephant was. Like, he was insanely popular. I'll, I'll get into it later, but, like, he's just, like, incredibly a big hit. Um, so Queen Victoria's kids adored him, and he spent much of his day giving zoo vit- visitors rides on his back. So... Jumbo eventually began to show signs of aggression, thought today to be from neglect and poor living conditions. His trainer, Matthew Scott, was said to feed Jumbo whiskey and beer to keep him calm, but of course that just made things worse. What? Finally, the London Zoo decided to sell him to P.T. Barnum in 1882, which sparked a nationwide uproar because, like I keep saying, Everyone loved this elephant, not just in London, but throughout England. There was even a huge lawsuit against the zoo because of it. Uh, the zoo tried to renege on the deal after receiving all this backlash, but by that by then it was too late, and so Jumbo was shipped off to the US of A.
0: Are we just gonna we're just gonna gloss over the fact that he's getting an elephant sauced?
1: Yeah, he's feeding this elephant basically poisoning elephant with whiskey and beer trying to keep him calm and it's just making things worse cuz that also adds to the crappy Stress. conditions and what what does that sound like by the way how what what does that remind you of the concept of this animal getting drunk
0: oh 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 jesus yeah oh my god that's bananas
1: it's it's peanuts compared to what you're going to hear next
0: it's absolutely bicycles as one of my coworkers yeah. would say
1: yeah um all right so once jumbo was introduced to american crowds as the largest elephant in the world cuz you know how barnum had to have like a thing for every one of his animals and attractions It's like yeah. the smallest woman in the world the it's gotta be the best. It's gotta be... yeah it's got to be
0: the somethingest in the place the,
1: the most of the thing So, uh, he drew just as many fans as he had in the UK, and in only three weeks, Barnum made back the 2,000 pounds he had spent to buy Jumbo. Now, I took the liberty of looking up how much money that would be today, because I'm like, 2,000 pounds? How much is that? Uh, and do you want to guess how much that would be today?
0: Uh, what year was
1: it? It was in
0: 1882. Um... I want to say 1882. That would be the equivalent of 20 million today.
1: Um, no, that's way high.
0: (laughs) Oh, uh, it would be the equivalent of 200,000 today.
1: Close. It's uh, in 2020. That would be 242,000 pounds sterling and 253,000 dollars USD. Hey. Ay. But yeah, like, cause like, think of it like two thousand bucks at like the turn of the century would be like a couple hundred thousand dollars. Right. Yeah. That's, that's which is the
0: insane amount of money.
1: That's that's a down payment on a mansion.
0: This is when penny candy could be purchased with a penny.
1: Yeah, you could do like twenty pieces of candy for a penny or something. Um. Yeah. So insane, insane, <clears> insane. Um. In the membrane, and he made that up in three weeks. So, in Barnum's autobiography, Life of P.T. Barnum, he writes, All England seem to run mad about Jumbo. Pictures of Jumbo, the life of Jumbo, a pamphlet headed Jumbo Barnum, and all sorts of Jumbo stories and poetry, Jumbo hats, Jumbo collars, Jumbo cigars, Jumbo neckties, Jumbo fans, Jumbo polkas, etc. were sold by the tens of thousands in stores and streets of London and other British cities.
0: I'm just imagining Mel
1: Brooks in Spaceballs. Yep, pretty much. So Jumbo the flamethrower. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, like jumbo neckties, jumbo cigars. Um yeah, so really they're they're going ham with the uh jumbo ham. With <laughs> <laughs> uh with the with the merchandising. So And I was trying to think of it. I can't think of an animal that's equally popular today. Like, there's Harambe, but that's really more for the meme than anything else. Even Even, well, but not even, like, like even Dolly the cloned sheep didn't have that much of a draw. And she's a freaking clone. She's, like, a miracle of science. And Grumpy Cat, I mean, like, we have memes. Again, with Harambe, we have memes and stuff, but we don't really have, like, a widely beloved animal as much as they did. Anyway, um, as I said, and as we've been talking about, he was a huge hit and drew the biggest crowds in the history of Barnum's Circus. He died in 1885 at the age of 25 when he was fatally struck by a train, but they stuffed his hide and brought it touring along with the circus for two more years.
0: Wow. Yep. They, hmm. Hmm. I mean, I can see why they would do that. Because it's, like, something that would that makes sense to somebody like P.T. Barnum?
1: It's economical.
0: <laughs> it's it's a real P.T. Barnum thing to do. If
1: it's a very a Barnum person, thing to do. Have.
0: What a guy. Played by Hugh Jackman.
1: Played by Hugh Jackman. Um, <laughs> I hate that movie so much. I never watched it because I, I didn't care it. I never watched it either, it.
0: but, like, conceptually, like... Oh, let's make P.T. Barnum this inspirational figure who showed people that it's okay to be different.
1: Let's make him... (laughs) It's okay to be different, as long as I'm making money off of it. (laughs) That's that's the real-life story, and we're treating him
0: like a fictional character, played by Huge Jacked Man.
1: Huge Jacked Man. Just get Huge Jacked Man to play him, and he's sympathetic immediately. Uh Uh-oh, look at him. He's sympathetic now. Um, So now the Dumbo story was originally a Rolla book. It's like a type of like a novelty book for kids written by Helen Aberson and Harold Pearl in the late 30s. But there are no existing copies of the original, only the book that came out after the movie. So many think the original was never published. It was just a manuscript that Disney picked up. So, okay, here is where the actual origin story stops and the crazy starts. So okay,
0: that the, the getting poisoning an elephant and stuffing its body wasn't the crazy
1: poisoning. They didn't poison him. That he got hit by a train.
0: No, he he got. You said he was uh, fed on beer and whiskey, and I was oh, like, oh, they're getting yeah. him sauced
1: up. And then yeah. you said, no,
0: they're poisoning him, and I because I had completely forgotten that alcohol is not fit for animal consumption.
1: Oh yeah, yeah no, um yeah no that the poisoning doesn't come till later. Just just sit sit tight. Um, so, <laughs> um. so, <laughs> so doing, doing research for this, I couldn't shake the feeling that there was another true elephant story that I was forgetting about. There's Jumbo, which was the inspiration for the story itself, but I kept thinking that there was another important historical elephant. <gasps> then I remembered Topsy.
0: Oh my fucking God.
1: So here's where if you really are sensitive to animal cruelty and you've been sticking it out, maybe you should stop listening because I have a feeling this isn't really a good episode for you.
0: I'm so excited to hear you tell me about Topsy.
1: For those who don't know about her and haven't watched that Bob's Burgers episode, Topsy was a female Asian elephant who was killed by electrocution in Coney Island at the turn of the 20th century. In the 1870s and 80s, the circus that owned her, the Four Paw Circus, had a rivalry with Barnum's Circus and their elephants. Topsy grew to be what they called a quote, bad elephant because she had killed at least three men, two being circus workers and one a spectator. So the owners of the circus decided to put her down. Their plan was to market it as a spectacle and charge admission to the event. But the ASPCA prevented that from happening, so the execution was limited to staff and press. Topsy was fed poison, electrocuted, and then strangled to death in January of 1903. Now, the execution of circus animals wasn't a new thing. Plenty of elephants, tigers, and other animals that were deemed too dangerous to continue with the circus got put down rather than kept because this was the lawless anarchy of the turn of the 20th century. So you're asking, what sets Topsy's death apart besides the fact that she was electrocuted? The thing that sets it apart is that Topsy's death in its entirety was recorded on video. It was filmed by Thomas Edison's movie company and circulated as a part of their collection. It can still be found on YouTube today. In fact, in preparation for this recording, I forced myself to watch it, and guys, don't. Oh my god. Just don't. It's so awful. Uh, Edison's connection to Topsy has sparked theories that he had electrocuted her as a stunt for his war of the currents against Nikola Tesla. But since he wasn't actually at the event and the execution happened a decade after the feud ended, that doesn't seem to be the case. No matter how much Louise Belcher from Bob's Burgers would like to think it is the case. So... The reason why I bring all this up is because I found a paper by William L. Benson, a semiotics scholar, where in several parts he identifies multiple elements in Walt Disney's Dumbo that could be references to Topsy and her execution. The paper is called Walt Disney's Dumbo, A Myth of Modernity, and it's so awesome. I could probably spend this entire episode just going through all the different semiotic connections he makes about this movie. Um, but for now, let's focus. Though, actually, let me um, explain what semiotics means. I, I was simply... just going to say,
0: like, pretend that I'm an <laughs> idiot and don't know what semiotics means.
1: So semiotics is symbolism, really. Um, it's like oh. whenever you're... I. It was introduced to me whenever I did, like, translation studies, where you have your linguistic translation and then you have your semiotic translation. Like you can translate one thing from like one language to another as like a literal translation, what it means like linguistically in each language. But then there's also semiotic, which means like not only what the word is, but the connotations behind it. Like, um, you know, uh, you, there you, was what, oh, sorry. sorry. No, what were you going to say?
0: Like when I said earlier, uh, absolutely bicycles as one of my co-workers would say my coworker told me that because that's what they say in uh, some other country i can't remember instead of like that's crazy they say that's absolutely bicycles and if you train but it but they say it translated in different language so if you literally translated that you would be like what does that mean absolutely bicycles you would need to translate it semiotically to understand they were saying something was totally crazy
1: Yes, exactly. So idioms are, are a particularly fun example of ways that semiotics are super important to translation, because you can translate idioms and sayings, like, linguistically and literally from one language to the other, but if you can't capture, if you don't sufficiently translate the meaning and, like, switch around the words... Um, then – or even use, I mean, an entirely new phrase, then you can run into a lot of um, mistakes. And there there are so many examples. Like, the first translation of um, Diary of a Young Girl uh, by Anne Frank is a great example because the first first translation was done by her, like, a family – I think it was, like, an aunt or a family friend, and she was German, and so she took out all of, like, the negative German, like, things – when she translated it into german um and she also like was really old and Anne obviously was really young and so she would like translate these idioms in um in dutch into german but like the wrong way because she wasn't a young person so she didn't understand what like the what the sayings were meant to be um anyway yes that's that's semiotics and um the absolute bicycles that's a great example because it doesn't have a literal translation you have to use semiotics which is why by the way freaking appreciate your translators everyone and they are they are doing some incredible work and so don't just call attention to them when they do it wrong you know like you need to appreciate all that they do for us um but yeah so semiotics And semiotic scholars, um, analyze these sort of symbolic elements in movies and in media or really in anything, literature, whatever.
0: No, yeah. I, I think I understand semiotics now. Thank you.
1: Yeah. It's a cool word and it's like a fancy word and it's like something that you always have to explain to people, but it's fun because then you can see them kind of making little connections. Um, but yeah, that's semiotics. Um. Okay. So let's let's come back.
0: Bring it on the, back.
1: Bring it on back. Um. Take me home, country toads. So the first potential reference of Topsy in the movie is when Dumbo's mom freaks out at that little kid and goes on a rampage because one of Topsy's victims was a spectator who got drunk and wandered into her enclosure to tease her and hurt her for fun. Um, the wow, other,
0: you could just do anything at the turn of the century, huh?
1: You could just do anything, um, as long as it's to animals, women, or people of color. Um, so the other two references are both in the Pink Elephants on Parade segment. Benson suggests that the elephant's glowing neon appearance is a nod to Topsy being electrocuted. Additionally, there is a part in the song where the elephants are seen to have crackling bolts of electricity coming from their bodies, which, again, is a nod to Topsy's demise. No shit. Yeah.
0: I always thought that was just, like, random nightmare images.
1: Nope. I, like, I didn't even have the mental capacity or the time to analyze everything in Pink Elephants on Parade, so I was so glad to stumble on this um this guy's paper because while it may not be you know concrete there definitely is evidence to suggest that his connections are actually accurate. So would you like me to talk briefly? I I just have some points about the pink elephants on parade.
0: I would love to hear about the pink elephants on parade.
1: First of all, something a fun fact that I didn't know you maybe you knew, I don't know. Pink elephants or seeing pink elephants is a euphemism for having a drunken hallucination. The most popular early use was in a Jack London novel where an alcoholic character sees blue mice and pink elephants, but the euphemism exists elsewhere and was in use earlier than that novel. Pink elephants were apparently the drunken hallucination animal of choice, so that's where Dumbo got it. Not crazy? Cuz like literally he gets drunk and sees pink elephants. It's because he's In having a, movie a drunken about hallucination. Elephants.
0: Yeah, it makes sense.
1: Yeah, it's like that's a euphemism for having a drunken hallucination. Um, and so then you have electrocution, similar to Topsy's death. Electricity then strikes one of them, and they explode. Uh, another elephant gets hit by a train, which is how real life Jumbo died. Uh, they are another seen... elephant is a train. Yeah, another elephant is a train, and then hits the other train elephant, elephant train. Um, uh,
0: trained elephant
1: trained elephant um, they're seen transforming into machines maybe to symbolize how humans have stopped relying on animals for transportation and labor and are replacing them with machines um, and now that I think about it though it could also be Dumbo processing the traumatic incident of seeing the elephant pyramid dismantle the entire circus tent in terrifying and destructive fashion so let's move on I have two Crackpot Theories this episode, and I'm excited.
0: I'm so excited, But I'm also excited to share with you how I put down the story.
1: Do it.
0: I'm going to tell you the story of Dumbo, Abby. What's, you
1: what's said, the story, Morning Glory?
0: Well, we know what the story is with the history, but the story as it was interpreted is something. Something. Our story begins with narration about the greatest delivery men of all time, storks. In case you didn't know, boys and girls, babies are delivered by storks, airdropped set to the most threatening song about storks of all time ever. Thinly-veiled implications of enforced motherhood aside, everybody in this Florida circus is getting their adorable little baby, except for Miss Jumbo the Elephant, it seems. Day breaks and the circus loads up the train and breaks into my favorite song in the whole movie. It's not the best song, but it's my favorite. It's a song about the train that plays whenever the train is moving, and I am always bobbing and grooving to the tune. It's so <laughs> underrated.
1: Also, it's so messed up that um, the train is like a cute character when Jumbo, like real life Jumbo, was hit and killed by a train.
0: Oh my god, I didn't even think about that. Oh yeah. wow, there's it's whole new ways up. to interpret this now.
1: Yep. You're welcome. <laughs> All
0: right, so let's cut away from the train, and we're going to see the stork who's late. This messy-haired, little outfit-wearing, lanky dude who visually and personality-wise fits right into Tumblr's onceler niche. No! Down... no! <laughs> oh, you didn't notice that? With the, the messy hair and the, the hat? the mop of hair oh yeah oh man if Tumblr gets a hold of this stork oh it's all over gosh
1: they already love the thin ones this freaking oh. literally has stork legs
0: they're gonna shuffle them right in with bill cipher and and who is it <laughs> papyrus the skeleton,
1: and, and honest john
0: no it's sans oh yeah and honest sans. john and sans well
1: he's 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 too benevolent for that he's more of a papyrus
0: Oh, they're gonna, they're gonna hear that stork song, and they're gonna be like, he's got a dark side. Oh, no. And there's gonna be Break so many, out like... the
1: flower crowns, my friend. There's gonna be so many
0: gritty storks who are, like, chasing people down, like, Hmm, let me see, I've got he's a baby for you. He's voiced
1: by Winnie the Pooh! Winnie the
0: Pooh wasn't Winnie the Pooh yet!
1: Oh my gosh, okay. <laughs>
0: Onceler Stor- uh, Stork aside, uh, he's delivering <laughs> a fresh stork. baby directly to Mrs. Jumbo, We are just by some... we
1: are just defecating on Walt Disney's grave, and I enjoy it immensely. I mean, <sighs> um, okay, continue. We're, we're
0: defecating on his legacy.
1: Yeah, that's. True. I wouldn't
0: defecate on his grave. He's he's too com he's too complex for me to consider defecating. Anyway, the Onceler Stork. Uh, delivers a fresh baby directly to mrs jumbo assisted by some prissy and obnoxious elephants who fawn over the new jumbo jr that's right jumbo jr
1: that is the name stop (laughs) oh my god (laughs) hey in
0: england it's not as bad I mean, in England, you can't say fanny pack. You, you can't go by what England says. They're terrible with words.
1: Well, I don't want to say fanny pack.
0: It's going to be on YouTube, innit?
1: Okay.
0: Tuesday.
1: Tuesday. I ain't bothered. Can I finish talking
0: about the birth of Dumbo?
1: I ain't bothered. Go on.
0: <laughs> Ugh, you are bothering me. Yeah. So, Jumbo Jr., the name of the elephant who gets delivered, at least until his big floppy ears get exposed. Not even a minute after, literally less than a minute after he's unwrapped, I counted. He's getting bullied by those prissy and obnoxious elephants. Nevertheless, his mom protects and loves him. Meanwhile, Disney sneaks in a twofer with the little engine that could. I'm still bobbing and grooving to that tune. Still bobbing and grooving to that Casey junior z -Z 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 ba dee ba doo, Z-ba-dee-ba-do-rap-ba-da-da-da. As the train settles into town, in the dark, in the rain, we're treated to the scene that kind of took me by surprise, because I've never once heard anybody talk about it. Oh, and the song. yes. The song that kind of took me by surprise, because I've never once heard anyone talk about it. Yep, a, a group of faceless, dark-skinned characters, whom we will never see again, pile out and with the help of the elephants and camels and various other beasts of burden, begin to put up the tent. And they sing one of the diegetic songs in this movie. There's that word again, diegetic. Because they're actually singing it while they're working. They sing a song about how they're happy and cheerful and they can't read or write and how they slave away and blow all their money. And it is not a good look, I tell you what.
1: More people need to talk about the Roustabout song, right?
0: More More people need to talk about how they don't like the Roustabout song. And more people need to talk about how the Roustabout scene doesn't even need to be in the movie. Nope, like you could remove at all. that
1: and not lose any of the narrative cuz during the song basically you have these circus animals working side by side with the roustabouts setting up the circus and there's sometimes even cutting from the roustabouts doing a task to the elephants doing that same task which you draws you're saying they're
0: juxtaposing a... their yeah. their labor with that of beasts of burden?
1: Yeah. Yeah. A co- clear uncomfortable comparison. Like I hate it. Oh my gosh. I yeah, I hate it cuz I've never seen Dumbo before. And then I watched that and I'm like, "Oh, no, don't that. do that. Oh, don't cut to Dumbo being cute. That's not going to help anything." <laughs> but
0: hey. Hey, Abby. What? Don't worry about it cuz we're going to have a big parade.
1: Hey, don't have worry have about big it. A parade. <laughs> hey, don't worry about it. Look at Dumbo with his tiny Dumbo-sized hammer. Where did he even get uh, that thing? We don't know. Don't it's cute though. Don't worry about the hammer.
0: Jumbo Jr. is gonna is gonna slip and fall into a mud. Oh, so funny. Ha <laughs> ha. Just ignore that overt racism. Now Jumbo Jr.'s getting a bath. It's so cute. Aw. Aww. Now Jumbo Jr.'s getting mocked and bullied for his physical appearance, and his mother is getting punished for defending him and disciplining those who would assault her child. Uh-oh, her but eyes turned hey, look- red. <laughs> fury as she is constantly assaulted and subdued for her perfectly rational reaction to there being absolutely no barrier to protect her and her precious literal infant (laughs) the ringmaster got knocked into the water classic (laughs) so after her little outburst she's stuck in solitary confinement separated from her child with her so-called friends talking shit about her and her kid from here on out, Jumbo Junior has no one left to call him by his name, no one to protect protect him from rejection from the other cruel members of his community, and he's just Dumbo to everyone, even to his new friend Timothy Q. Mouse. What's the Q stand for? Don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't worry about it. He's his friend who stands up for him and gets him his big break at the store as the star of the show, the top of the pyramid of elephants. Sorry, I need to re say that.
1: Elements. No, whenever you, (laughs) every time you say Timothy Q. Mouse,
0: Mm -hmm. I
1: always think you're gonna say Timothy T. (laughs) (laughs) Turfbanks. Every single time, without fail. Every time, I don't know why. Cousins. It's been, (laughs) it's been so long since I've listened to that episode, but I still think Timothy Timothy T. Turfbanks? Esquire.
0: Timothy. Oh
1: so he's gonna
0: get him the star of the show he's gonna get him on the top of the pyramid of elephants how does he get him this job obviously by whispering the word climax an awful lot to the sleeping ringmaster and hypnotizing him into thinking it was his idea I wanted to learn more about this so I typed mouse sleep hypnosis climax into my search bar and I discovered that I hate the internet
1: stop I discovered a new finish (laughs) I discovered that I hate it I hate it so much (laughs) there's so
0: there's a a few things wrong with this plan and act. First, you can't stack elephants in a pyramid. They're going to crush each other. Bottom line. Second, they don't even get into a pyramid configuration. They form a vague stack of elephants balanced on a ball as they insult each other constantly. They're terrible. Third, they clearly never practice this, not even once, because they don't realize that he's going to trip on his ears. Fourth, they don't do anything to help Dumbo with his stage fright other than his good friend Timmy jabbing him with a needle to shock him out. Because, you know, this moment is so much more important than the physical or psychological well-being of a baby. <laughs> so naturally, they all come crashing down in what is somehow both the best animated scene and the worst animated scene in the whole movie. It's like somebody was drunk while animating this and forgot what a character model was. Fred. 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 <laughs> the, t- the tent is torn down, and we get a sad version of Casey Jr., and I'm still bobbing and grooving to it. It's, it goes so slow and so sad, and I'm still there like, bobbing, grooving to my favorite tune. It's, it's in a minor key, which I can't do because I don't know anything about music. Anyways, the elephants are gossiping about Dumbo and how he has been made into a clown for his transgressions. This is so shameful a position that the elephants, who have been treating him like shit the entire time, all agree that he is no longer considered an elephant. His manager, TQM, because I'm not going to say that, I'm not going to make you remembered about Timothy, (laughs) t banks, tries to look on the bright side as Dumbo, who's lost his mother, his name, his culture, and his dignity all before the tender age of one whole month (laughs) looks vaguely unhappy
1: one whole week
0: really so to cheer him up timmy takes dumbo to visit his mother in jail where she sings him one of the most heartbreakingly beautiful and most underrated disney songs of all time this right here is the best song in the whole movie and tim looks around at all the other animals who get to hang out with their mamas looks back to baby mine jumbo jr Watching him get rocked by his mama through one of the bars of her prison cell, shedding a single tear. But hey, here's the clowns again. Oh, they're talking about how funny it'll be to drop Dumbo from a thousand feet. Oh, they're so proud of their fantastic comedy genius. They sing themselves a little song about hitting the big boss up for a raise. Whoa! Ha ha ha! Infant abuse and exploitation. Da, 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 da. Oh, and they knock a little bit of the bubbly into Dumbo's water trough by accident. Or maybe it's just a random water trough. Uh, whatever. You know, like in the circus, all water is drinking water and the existence of pink lemonade proves this.
1: Anyways. true.
0: As Tim is telling Dumbo to cheer up and not cry, he decides to have him get a little sip of water to cure his hiccups. This would be an awful ironic time for me to get hiccups in real life. Yeah. <laughs> so Tim and Dumbo accidentally get so drunk that they start seeing, and I you not, nightmare visions of dead-eyed mutant elephants this was disney's biggest hit since snow white what yeah. the It gets, it's actually it quite gets, beautiful
1: it gets wacky
0: it gets quite beautiful at times probably the best and most imaginatively animated scene in the whole movie it's like a lost fantasia skit in a way but it's also a big bruh moment complete it's... with seizure warning.
1: It's a waking nightmare, is what it is.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And when they wake up from that nightmare, ooh, boy. You remember that song that I said wasn't a very good look? Nope. Get Huh?
1: (laughs) I'm just kidding. Yes, I do.
0: (laughs) I was going to say, get ready for not a very good look, part two. A murder of crows with extravagantly exuberant personalities that may be stereotypes but maybe maybe based on actual people, gather around a strange sight. They are then joined by their leader crow, whose name was changed in the mid-50s because it's so bad, who is the most extravagant personality, who is a stereotype, and is not at all based on a real actual person. These five somehow worse than Stromboli's gather around to see the elephant stuck in a tree while razzing on Dumbo, because who doesn't in this movie, I guess? They make the suggestion that he got into the tree by flying, to which Timmy says, well, shit, that's the only logical explanation. They spend a little more time making fun of him and Timmy in a jaunty little tune before Timmy reads them the riot act. He goes off so fucking hard that these crows become sympathetic and not only teach Dumbo how to use his ears to fly but symbolically accept him into their murder as he flies with them and perches with them back at the circus dumbo is all set and ready and when it comes time for him to be knocked off a thousand foot drop instead of tumbling to his death in an unsafe stunt he soars over the crowd bombardiers the clowns knocks the ringmaster into a water bucket just like his mom did and blasts peanuts at the elephants who mocked and exiled him From there on out, he's a celeb, and we see in various newspapers that he's, like, got planes modeled after him, and he's got a Hollywood contract, and in the final scene, everybody loves him. He's got his own private car with his mother waiting for him there. Flying with his friends, the Crows, he lands in her arms, and we watch them choo-choo off into the sunset.
1: Yay. Like, there's, like, a little car, uh, sound yeah in on your on your audio like
0: that's amazing i'm so glad i'm so glad (laughs) to know that the car sounds from the road that i moved rooms to specifically avoid are coming through
1: (laughs) well no just that one that that one that like augments the choo-chooing into the sunset that's good that's good also i love how as soon as the world knows dumbo can fly they immediately design bomber planes after him (laughs)
0: Like, oh man, we've gotta we've gotta
1: beat the Hun back into Germany. Dumb dumb bombers. Yay, dumb bombers. War, yay, war crimes. <laughs> so
0: there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting stuff going on with the production of this. Um but there's also like some interesting stuff going on not in the production of Dumbo. Uh Are you ready to finally, once and for all, learn a little bit about the Walt Disney Studios animators' strike? Sure. All right. February 1941. Uncle Walt holds two large meetings in order to address the growing unrest and rumblings of a union. It is important to remember, in this scenario, these three factors. One... Walt Disney loves America more than he loves anything else in the world. Two, as genius as he is in the creativity and storytelling department, politically speaking, he's a, uh, hmm, bluntly put, a big, 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 dumb, gullible moron.
1: Uh oh.
0: Three, it's like the 40s, man. And in the 40s. It's like the 40s, man. Yeah, and in the 40s, America hates communism. They hate communism so much because it represents a threat to the American way of life. Well, that's what the rich people who want to keep all their money tell the poor people who don't know any better. I know it's more complicated than that. We're not a political podcast. But in general, rich Americans who want to stay rich have an invested interest in keeping all their money and demonizing communism. And you know know who's super rich and wants to stay super rich? Who? Not Walt Disney. Walt Disney, mm. Walt Disney throws his money down the drain like it's nothing. Um, the bonuses he gave right after Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs succeeded were a year's worth of wages for each and every employee in the company. The knee-jerk reaction to finding out the Sorcerer's Apprentice was too expensive to make its money back was to throw more money at it for the sake of art. Walt Disney has no great natural hate for communism, nor does he have a great desire to keep his money. The man with the most vested interest in keeping Walt Disney's money is someone whose name I haven't said yet, but he's been in the background the whole time tugging at strings and telling Walt exactly what to do. His friend and lawyer to the Disney company and personal lawyer to Walt and Roy Disney, Mr. Gunther Lessing.
1: Gunther he... Lessing?
0: Gunther Lessing or Gunther Lessig. I, There's an N in there or there isn't. Either way, mm. he is the one who tells Walt Disney that the unionizing animators are not great lovers of America like he is. They're filthy and evil, greedy communists who want to destroy his company and his way of life. And as we all know, Walt is a big dumb idiot in politics.
1: Big oof. Big, big oof, man.
0: Big oofs in the chat.
1: So Big juicy oof. <laughs>
0: In February 1941, when old Uncle Walt gives those two meetings, he addresses the financial crisis that the company is in is unavoidable. He announces some major layoffs in order to stay afloat and tells the union-minded folk in the company, instead of grumbling and growling, do something about it. They do. They strike. On May 28, <laughs> 1941, following the arrest and firing of Art Babbitt... He was arrested because Gunther Lessing, uh, right before uh, Art Babbitt was supposed to go to a union speech, union rally, Gunther Lessing told the uh, police department that he had a gun.
1: What? What a freaking word that I can't say right now.
0: Just as a, a redaction from the last episode, I was wrong. Art Babbitt was not the head of the Federation of Screen Cartoonists. That was the other guy I mentioned, Bill Littlejohn.
1: Oh, Bill Medium-Sized John.
0: Bill, yeah, Bill Ordinary John. Okay. Um, but, yeah, Art Babbitt would eventually go on to become the uh, head of the uh, union that forms here.
1: Oh, also, the, the actual real union.
0: The real union, not the fake, fake fantasy union uh, created by Walt Disney. At the suggestion of Gunther Lessig.
1: Uh-huh. So he's like the the evil guy backing. the He's the, the not- Dark Sidious. Yeah, I sure.
0: You haven't seen Star Wars. I keep. oh my god.
1: I'm sorry. Just do you need a moment to dwell no, your immense disgust for me and mine? I don't have
0: disgust. I just I'm so upset at myself for not remembering. It's like, okay.
1: I okay, need to remember. You've, well, you've blocked it out. It's fine.
0: Also, also, mm. quick aside on this financial crisis I mentioned. Yeah. Uh, here's a little quick breakdown of budgets versus box office sales for the first four movies of the Disney company. Snow White cost $1.49 million to make and made $7.8 million at the box office.
1: Whew. And wh- how are they going under?
0: Well, like I said, Walt throws money at everything and everyone. Uh, and all the top animators have this big, you know, expensive lifestyle that they can live because they're paid so much. And he just built a new uh, studio in Burbank, California. And also, Pinocchio cost $2.28 So that's where a lot of the money went. But do you know how much money Pinocchio made?
1: How much money?
0: $1.9 million.
1: Ooh, that hurts.
0: That's significantly less than Snow White made. Yeah. Fantasia cost $2.28 million and made back an estimated $1.3 million.
1: Whew, okay, yeah, that makes sense now.
0: So think about everything you saw in Dumbo and compare it to the quality of the last four films. Not four, three.
1: Mm, definitely better than um, Snow White. Um... Snow White
0: had a budget in the million. Dumbo only cost $950,000 to make. Wow. And it made back $1.3 million. More than enough, like, for the movie, but still not enough for the deep, deep, deep poopta they're in.
1: Poopta. Yeah. So
0: the strike lasts for four months and doesn't completely end until September 21st. When the Bank of America, the financial backers to the studio, and his own brother, Roy Disney, convince him to recognize the Screen Cartoonist Guild. At no point did the studio stop actively working on Dumbo. This whole thing happened during its production, and the movie still came out in October. Wow. So that's a little bit of animation, super abbreviated, on the Disney animators' strike.
1: We... (laughs) <laughs> you said a little bit of animation on the animator strike.
0: <laughs> a little bit of Monica in my life. A little bit of Monica by my side.
1: I used to always sing that song. I I loved that song Mambo Number 5 because um it was a big deal in my family cuz I was the youngest and I was Abigail Rose last name uh number 5 and so I'd always sing Mambo Number 5 and you are it, so. That was adorable. like that was like my song. And I would always sign my name, like I would spell my whole name out and then put number five at the end.
0: You people, are literally the cutest person I've ever met.
1: People probably thought I was mental. Like
0: you it is insane to do, but it's also adorable. Yeah.
1: But I mean I was a kid. I didn't do it when I was like, you know, past my driver's test, write write my yeah, name and number five. It's not on your license. That's when I was like a kid, but yeah.
0: That would make you like a speed racer character.
1: Yeah, which I am unfortunately not. We
0: should all be so lucky as to live in Speed Racer, uh, as directed by the Wachowski sisters.
1: (sighs) That wasn't a yawn. That was a noise of immense engagement and excitement to be alive.
0: Are you excited to hear, then, about five animators whose lives were changed by the strike? Sure. All right. Now, it's no secret... That anybody who was pro union was on Walt Disney's poopta list. So the first three Is
1: that a word, poopta? Is that a thing, or is that the thing that you just like made up?
0: It's a word now. I've heard it used before, and I'll hear it used again.
1: Poopta, okay.
0: So the first three are people who were let go from the company. So let's talk about five animators whose lives were changed by the strike. First, let's talk about uh just to wrap him up, Art Babbitt. Okay. Um, Art Babbitt would be fired shortly before the strike began. He would continue to protest, even nearly getting into a fistfight in broad daylight with old Uncle Walt himself.
1: Oh, he that would... would have been incredible. Why can't they film that instead of, you know, elephant deaths? Right? I'd rather that should... see that.
0: I mean, people saw it. It it happened.
1: Old timey actually... fisticuffs.
0: It didn't actually happen, but it was about to happen. Uh, he would legally be reinstated to his job, then fired illegally again, suing <laughs> in a case that would lead all the way to the Supreme Court of the United States to get his job back, only to leave on his own terms.
1: This is messy. Messy bitches. It's like yeah. an episode of Real Housewives.
0: He would go on to serve in World War II in the Pacific, meet his second wife, Diana Gottliebhova, a survivor of Auschwitz who was personally chosen by Mengele, the Mengele, to do watercolor portraits of various other prisoners for his studies. Damn. She agreed to do this if he let her mother live. It is chilling her story. Whoa. Wow. They would be married until the 60s and i i i mention her because it's worth mentioning that all the women in art babbitt's life continue to be better and more interesting than he ever was
1: yes he's one of those uh, guys you know that just like that just like attracts like the awesome women who then realize oh maybe he's yeah. not the best
0: so one last note about art babbitt before i forget about him forever The question may arise, did the positive work of Art Babbitt outweigh his negative impact on women early in his career? Keep in mind that he innovated animation for the whole industry and unionized Disney. To that question, and that keep in mind, I say, in the late 80s, a documentary about his career animating art, you see him fondly recalling what he describes as his romance with Marge Belcher.
1: Oh, so you
0: know, no. The answer that to that question is no.
1: Son of a bitch. He's, yeah. Nope. He's bad. Nope. He's Sorry. A bad man. Sorry, everyone. If that seems harsh, but no. If he were to say, "Yeah, I realize now that that was horrible, and I sincerely apologize," maybe we can talk. But the fact that he fondly looks back on his, as he says, romance with a fifteen-year-old girl, nope. Uh uh-uh, uh, sorry,
0: Art. Oh, Abby, you're not being you're not being very fair. She was a fourteen year old girl. It's oh. it's a whole year worse.
1: Excuse me very much. It's a whole year worse, which, yeah.
0: It's a whole puberty
1: of difference. It's a whole puberty of difference that she had to experience, courting, being being preyed upon by a twenty six year old. So
0: let's move away from Art Babbitt and never talk about him again.
1: I am amenable. I'm anemone to that decision.
0: Anemone? An enemy, an enemy, an enemy's anatomy, an and another me? Yep. Bill Littlejohn.
1: <laughs>
0: Move <come on. laughs> After being let go from the company, his future endeavors would really begin to ramp up with a short animated film called The Hole, featuring jazz yeah. singer Dizzy Gillespie and veteran actor George Matthews as construction workers having a totally improvised on-the-job conversation, which would win the 1962 Academy Award for short animated feature. However, you might know him better for being one of the head animators in virtually every single classic Charlie Brown film.
1: Aw, cool.
0: Uh, Walt Kelly. He was also fired uh, for being pro-union. Upon his return to his hometown in Connecticut, He would become one of the most prolific cartoonists for the New Yorker of his time. He would also go on to create a newspaper comic that was highly popular in the 50s all the way, I believe, into the early 80s called Pogo, which takes a lot of inspiration from the traditional Disney style and lent a lot of inspiration to modern newspaper comic artists. Phil Eastman was also let go. Why do I
1: know that name? I know that name.
0: Once he started working with other companies, he would come to know Chuck Jones, a well-regarded animator in Looney Tunes cartoons, basically responsible for everything with a southern accent, and he would introduce him to another personal friend by the name of Ted Geisel, resulting in a lot of Dr. Seuss cartoons between the two. For his troubles, he would get a big break from Geisel, who would help him publish his books, Go Dog Go! The Best Nest, and Are You My Mother, under the name P.D. Eastman. Wow. Wow. And the last life touched by the um, the strike um, is kind of a double. It's a twofer. Okay. Because uh, I'm going to talk about Ward Kimball. Ward Kimball is the animator that I should have been talking about. He was the the middle-of-the-road, you know, do-your-job, do-good, innovate animation guy. He worked at the studio and was the leader of a jazz band, the Firehouse 5 Plus 2, that consisted of fellow animators. He was also the first person to make official Disney art of Mickey Mouse with eyes, with pupils, as opposed to the original pie eyes. And during the strike, he didn't. He crossed the picket line and kept working. Later on, he would be quoted as saying that he was a liberal and believed in the strike, but didn't believe he should be doing it. In doing so, he kept his job and stayed in Uncle Walt's good graces as one of the last people that Walt Disney felt that he could trust in the studio. Walt Disney was touched by the strike In the sense that he no longer felt like he could trust his animators. He felt like they would rebel against him for something as petty as money or a name in the credits. You know, just little petty things. Um, But he would go on to distance himself from the company. He would only give his creative input when needed. And he would maintain a strong friendship with Ward Kimball who loves trains. And he infected Walt Disney with a love of trains, thanks to their strong trust and fens- friendship. And that's a secret tool that will help us out later. A
1: secret tool that will help us out later.
0: <laughs> Walt Disney's love of trains is a secret tool that we're going to leave and let fester for a little while.
1: I'm try- I'm racking my brain trying to think of what other trains we see.
0: Oh, it's not, it's not necessarily trains and animation. Don't worry about it. We'll get to it when uh... we get... So instead, we're going to talk about someone who did the music for the movie, Mr. Hall Johnson. Yay! Hall Johnson. He's a great... Graduate of several music schools, including the Hahn School, the Knox Institute, the University of Pennsylvania, and the New York Institute of Art, was awarded an honorary degree from the Philadelphia Musical Academy. In 1925, he formed the Hall Johnson Choir, one of the most prolific all-black choirs of the day. The group even performed for a couple Disney films, including Snow White. And you guessed it, Song of the South. Mm. But that's not till later. He also did the uh, choir music in Dumbo. In fact, he's the voice of the crow in the gray hat named Preacher Crow. Members of his choir also voiced the Crows named Fats, Glasses, and Straw Hat, and I'll let you figure out which of those.
1: (laughs) Uh, Oh, man.
0: It was him and his choir that actually wrote and performed the song When I See an Elephant Fly for the film. Allegedly, according to one of my sources, Hall named the lead character uh, Jim Crow and let him be voiced by a white man, Cliff Edwards, as a comedic subversion. And it may have been a very successful one in 1941. But that's the problem with 1941. Eventually, it's going to be 2020. Society progresses. Original authorial intent is lost. And things that, for the benefit of the doubt, may have been fine to look at are not so great in retrospect. The crows, however, have been featured in media as recently as the House of Mouse, where uh, that crow was renamed to Dandy Crow, and was voiced by Kevin Michael Richardson, who voices uh, a bit more of Disney stuff. Uh, Gantu in Lilo and Stitch. Ian the Gator from The Princess and the Frog. Goro from Mortal Kombat. You know, heartfelt oh, roles.
1: He has, he has that voice.
0: Yeah, he does a lot of animals. Yeah. 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 Society hasn't progressed quite as much as we thought, but...
1: That's, that's the thing with... There's like that art, that uh, paper that I always reference about non-human entities. It's like people of color and specifically black people being relegated to um, like non-human things like animals and even movies like Princess and the Frog and Soul where the main character is a black person. And brother they, bear, and brother bear, yeah. And emperor they, Even movies like that, where this main character that starts out as a human, they get turned into an animal for like most of the movie. Anyway, it's not a good look. Not a good look, but so, cool that that it was meant to be a sort of a subversion, like poking fun.
0: That's maybe it was supposed to be a subversion. Please yeah, think.
1: supposedly. It,
0: it was this one guy in this one source that I picked up and I love, let... I love
1: that you said my, one of my sources says like, you have this like confidential, you know, this, <laughs> yeah. this anonymous tip you have an, an, informant on the inside. Yeah. I'm
0: personal friends with it, with a, with a jazz critic.
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: So what did you think of Dumbo?
1: Oh, we're in, we're on onions now.
0: We're on onions.
1: We're doing onions? Okay. Well, alright, so... (laughs) It's like they took that uneasy feeling that I got from Pinocchio and then just, like, condensed it into an hour-long production. Yeah. Yeah. It's... I mean, okay. I really liked it in the sense that there's a lot of connections and weird like subtext in it that I don't even know was if it was intentional but there's like so much packed into this like story-wise okay story-wise the story is like a piddly little thing it's a short but in order to pad it out to 64 minutes they packed like the characters and the visuals with all of this stuff that you just need to unpack and it's really interesting unraveling all the things like even it like in like the crows and in like the roustabouts and like the songs and the the uh, visuals of it and especially in pink elephants on parade where you can go and even frame by frame you can get interesting things there so it's almost like even though the writers and the general production wasn't really sure how to make it a full-length production it's like the animators spent that time putting in all of the little interesting shout outs and all the interesting little subtextual um, tidbits that they were thinking about at the time and so that that was really interesting for me to look at. I do want to say that this whole plot is kind of messed up. I don't like this, the, the plot of like, you, you get born and you're all hee That's, that's the word that my niece uses whenever things are like messed up. It's like, they're going all hee
0: I love your family. They're so adorable.
1: Yeah, they're great. Um, but they, yeah, so you, you, you get born and you're all hee and people laugh at you. Um, but then, oh, wait, you can be useful to them in some way, so now they have to accept you, and everyone's happy in the end. Like, but wait, no, that's not how it works. Um, and especially, like, that song, The Baby Don't Cry, or whatever it's called, where it's, like, yeah, it's so messed up, because, like... Nominated,
0: by the way, for an Oscar.
1: Do not give that an Oscar. I mean, it's, it's a nice song and all, but, like, the actual visuals i mean they're showing all these other animals with their babies and it's basically sending the message that like hey look at all these other babies that get to stay with their parents because they're normal looking it didn't come out so goofy that their mom got thrown in circus jail like no wonder dumbo turns to drinking
0: jesus that Mm. (laughs) (laughs) to be fair you take the song, completely divorced from its visual context, and you've got, like, one of the greatest lullabies I've ever heard in my life.
1: I don't and know. It's, it's sad, though.
0: I don't know. It's like, baby mine, cheer up. Baby mine, yeah. I love you. Never to part, baby of mine. You know, it's just, we, we, I think we're poisoned because our first experience uh, with it was watching an elephant coddle an elephant from elephant jail.
1: From Elephant Jail. Well see, I just don't like lullabies, I think. Because they just make me sad all the time. They just depress me that. super quickly. But yeah. They are like, very
0: downbeat songs.
1: Yeah. And then like I don't know. I it's hard for me to recall all of the like the story as a whole. Like there's so much that we've talked about that it's hard to recall like how I first felt about it when I watched it you know
0: yeah that's fair I that's why I wrote mine down
1: yeah I think it's kind of weird that like we never really even see Dumbo's motivation he's like Snow White where things just kind of happen to him
0: his motivation is that he's a literal infant and he wants people to stop bullying him his motivation is baby he'll do anything that someone says will get people to stop bullying him
1: yeah, that's it.
0: He'll grab onto the first tail that says we're gonna get your mom out of the clink.
1: Yep, pretty much. Like, what happens when he is like an adult and like he grows into his ears and he stops being able to fly? Like, what's gonna happen then?
0: I mean, is he gonna then... get hit
1: by a train? Or are they gonna freaking no stop? <laughs> what's gonna happen to him? Does he grow? Because the original Dumbo, I think Dumbo was like, like an adult and he so he was the world's smallest elephant i think it was definitely it's still in that like old old timey movie kind of like uncanny valley weirdness um we're not into like kind of modern or more modern movies yet like i consider like aristocats a little bit more of a closer to what we would see in a movie whereas yeah that Dumbo era. is very clearly in the past.
0: Yeah, because we are we are in what is referred to as the golden age of uh, Disney movies. It's the golden age in the sense of like you know the golden age of comics, where it's like yeah. ah this is these are the originals. This is what everything is based on, yeah. and not necessarily like in terms of quality. But you can you can watch like any of these five movies. It's only five movies in the golden age. You can watch any of those five and say with confidence that influenced a future Disney movie. Mostly yeah. you're looking at Fantasia when you say that. You're mostly. I know.
1: I was, I was just going to say, yeah, Fantasia. It's coming back the, to
0: Fantasia always.
1: All roads lead to Fantasia.
0: All my roads lead to Fantasia. Love that.
1: Yep. Love that Fantasia.
0: But the, the next stage is, of course, the wartime age. Also known as the package feature age. Basically what I'm saying is, like, the Silver Age is when we start seeing the polished films that are based on what we see in the Golden Age. Observation. Opinion. Crackpot theory. Observation.
1: Give me the skinny.
0: Alright, I don't know if you know this, Abby.
1: I I don't don't know a lot of things.
0: But the Stork was played by Sterling Holloway.
1: Wow.
0: Wow. When you when you mentioned that, you mentioned a lot of stuff that I, I had to tell you, and I was like, oh no, she knows everything already.
1: I already, yeah.
0: But yeah, yep. let's just breeze through this. The Stork was played by Sterling Holloway. This was his first ever role for Disney in film or short. He would go on to be the voice of the Cheshire Cat, Ka the Snake, Roquefort the Mouse in the Aristocats, and Winnie the Pooh. Um. And he reprises this exact role in a short called Lambert the Lion. Lambert the oh. Sheepish Lion.
1: Oh, Lambert the Sheepish Lion. That's cute. Yeah. he uh,
0: he uh, The stork, same stork, accidentally delivers a lion to a flock of lambs and is raised... Uh... Oh, he's
1: literally sheepish! Ha! Mm-hmm. Ha! Ha! That's uh, funny.
0: In my observation page, I have also written down birds with no... <laughs> further uh context. Birds. So I noticed birds. I think I was going to say that birds are the only ones that wear clothes and then I remembered um the the um Ollie that fonts. Timmy the mouse wears clothes.
1: Oh. And the oliphants wear hats. And I the mean, crows yeah. and the crows wear clothing.
0: Yes, but crows are birds.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> so tired and hungry.
0: All right, here's my opinion on Dumbo.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> Compared to previous films, this one feels lazy to me. The slashed yeah. budget shows in the reduced runtime, the lower quality animation, and this is a small gripe, but it feels like there was either Foley sound missing or less Foley was done. Uh, Foley is sound effects. Yeah. Animation isn't as ambitious as Pinocchio or Fantasia, the characters aren't as likable as Snow White or Pinocchio, and it honestly has aged worse than Milk on all fronts. The only saving graces are Casey Jr., Baby of Mine, and the Pink Elephants, which I have put down a little note, evil. Uh, So, you know, it's an evil saving grace, the Pink Elephants. Maybe the clowns. I'm not just putting this one last, I'm dropping it dead last. Um, To say that I'm putting it into the 60th place that I have on my list would be a disservice to ever having made this list, so (laughs) I'm not doing that. But I am going to put it in 10th place.
1: 10th place out of 4.
0: 10th place out of 4. Um, And it's going to stay there unless we're in for some real reekers in the wartime package film era. I recommend this film be watched while extremely drunk or high at a party. I want to get my opinion out here real quick. Making a live-action remake of an animated film is the stupidest thing you could ever do, because you're basically saying, how about we limit ourselves and limit our imagination as we try to cash in on the nostalgia of something this great, and it never turns out any better. It always, usually, turns out like worse. And best case scenario, you only do something like interestingly different, uh, as is the case, as was the case with 101 Dalmatians. But we'll get to that when we get to that. But that all said, like my distaste for live action adaptations of animated films, I honestly truly and genuinely think that if you have a choice between watching dumbo the animated film and dumbo the tim burton live action remake just just bite the bullet and watch that because at least you get to see tim burton direct uh batman and the penguin again at least you get to see his him with some familiar faces again
1: mm-hmm hey. I... I can see that, because I think, don't they do more, like, world building and more building around actual Dumbo?
0: They do! They completely change the story, because Dumbo is just, like, a prop for the human characters, which is so stupid in anything else. But, like, these human characters have, like, a story, and they have something going on with them, and within the first, like, half hour, Dumbo flies, and there's no roustabouts, there's no crows, there's nothing to worry about about that. There's the encroaching commodification of joy being addressed, um, the exact thing that Disney I accuse them of doing. Like when I when I refer to Disney in my free time, I refer to the Disney Empire of joy. How they will buy anything that sparks joy in anyone, and they will just run it into the ground as much as they can. Um, cough cough solo, cough cough rogue one, cough cough doing absolutely nothing with the Muppets,
1: deep cuts. Cough, cough
0: oversaturating the market with Marvel movies that are basically procedurally generated to feel similar but be different enough that they're interesting enough that you go see one every six months. <clears throat> I just have so many opinions about how the way that Disney is doing capitalism to joy. Yeah. But, like, I I can't—well, I can. I can complain as much and as loud and as long as I want.
1: Yeah, man, Um, you—this is the place to do it.
0: But I have to take it, and I have to give it with a grain of salt, because I'm in the theater watching those Marvel movies— I paid for a ticket to see Dumbo. I genuinely got excited when Dumbo flew and Dumbo got his mother out of the circus. And yeah, there's a whole jailbreak subplot where Dumbo busts his mom out of the circus. Wow. But you know the whole subplot that we didn't talk about about the magic feather and how Dumbo thinks he needs it to fly, but then he decides that he can fly on his own without it? Yeah. Yeah gutted he needs the feather to fly
1: oh that's fun yeah and it's a a white feather they whitewashed the feather
0: they whitewashed the feather
1: which is so stupid
0: there isn't a single crow in the whole movie because of that
1: oh that's so funny they
0: they accidentally created a world where crows don't exist yeah and that's not the first time the disney company has accidentally created a world where something doesn't exist But hey, we don't talk about that right now. What we're talking about is a crackpot theory. The circus clowns who hit up the big boss for a raise are caricatures of the striking animators. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I love the, I love the adjective striking because it it's like they're literally yeah. striking, like they're they're on strike. But it also yeah. <laughs> sounds like you're you're making yeah, like, a, a judgment on their appearance, a positive judgment the on their most They're striking. I mean, it's not just my fault. Breathtaking. The best looking
0: people work, are bitch, work. Like, if you're pro-union, you're just a very good-looking person. That's the
1: s- good. <laughs> the striking chads versus the picket-crossing virgins. God! <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh... <laughs> the, the,
0: the, the virgin Fred Moore versus the Chad Bill Littlejohn.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so stupid. Okay, anyway, but... the striking animators...
0: This isn't actually a crackpot theory. This is a theory that's been running around some other people. Um, you know, plenty of people have said, you know, like, hey, these car- these clown caricatures are animators who went on strike. And that was, you know, the company's way of getting back at them. Mm-hmm. So I need to remember that also the animators and writers that were on strike worked on this for a little while. And you know what? I think they got back at Walt by putting a caricature of him in the movie. Mm. A character that is ambitious, kindly but exploitative, who gets his best ideas adapting other people's ideas, who is represented by a mouse. I think that Timothy Q Mouse is a straight up caricature of Walter Elias Disney.
1: But wouldn't but wouldn't the mouse be the guy that was that was backing him and then the wouldn't he be the ring wouldn't walt be the ringmaster and then what's his face be the mouse
0: see that's the thing the the ringmaster had an idea for something right Uh uh-huh and then the mouse hears that idea and says hmm here's how i can use it to my advantage with my character and my property now I'm going to get him to think it was his idea.
1: That is so, very tenuous, I will tell you.
0: Listen. Listen. What does he... Why does he strike up a friendship with with Dumbo? Because he thinks he can make him a star. He sees this big character and thinks, I can make this work. I can make this famous. That's, that's just the story of Walt Disney.
1: I don't support that theory i don't accept that theory
0: that's fair it's a Two, two,
1: two things two things can be vaguely similar without one being correlation is not causation and i don't even know if this is correlation so the first crackpot theory that i had um is that the uh two main elements sorry the, the two main elephants in the pink elephants on parade that mm, we see yeah. the like the two um ones that we see like dancing and like doing all the stuff they have very distinctive designs um one of them is taller with more of like a kind of a, a dome shaped head and the other one is shorter than it has kind of like the like the two like humps on the head mm-hmm. um my theory is that those two main elephants are topsy and jumbo because the shorter elephants. It looks like Topsy, and then the the other one is, is a little bit taller, and I'm pretty sure the the taller one is the one that gets hit by the train. Huh. In, yeah. Because there's two of them that, yeah, and and I've looked at pictures, and I saw that video of Topsy, and then I saw the, like, pictures and stuff of Jumbo, and Jumbo oh, was God, they seen... don't have
0: pictures of him getting hit by the train, do they?
1: They have pictures of him after. Oh, that's bad. Um yeah it is um and because jumbo was seen as like the the largest elephant in the world so he would be the one that's bigger than topsy um anyway so yeah that's that's my first crackpot theory um, and then my second one is the reason why Dumbo's ears are so long is because when Mr. Stork stopped to rest on that cloud, Dumbo kept sinking down and the, the Stork kept having to pull him back up again. So maybe Dumbo's ears were up near the top of the bundle and when the, storp, the Stork kept tugging him up like over and over again, he was he also had a hold on the ears and was stretching them out. And, oh. yeah, but but and before before you say that's, like, not realistic or not how ears work, need I remind you that Dumbo's ears are seen, one, being used as a swaddling blanket, two, as a towel to poke into his ears and clean them, and three, tied up in a knot above his head. So, that's also not how ears work. <laughs> no,
0: like, I understand, like, the cartoon logic of it. But, but yeah,
1: so because he had to like keep pulling it back up again and pulling it back up again. So maybe that's how his ears got stretched out.
0: Huh. I was, see, I was thinking that maybe the idea was like uh, Dumbo is an African elephant being delivered to Asian elephants. And that's why, you know, because they have a different ear size. But no, that's. I like that one. I, I accept that crackpot theory.
1: Yay! I accept good. both crackpot theories. Yay! Good. I'm glad. All right, and that's all. That's all the crackpot theorizing I have.
0: So all that le- that's left, I believe, you know, is where where does he where does Dumbo fall on the list for you?
1: So Dumbo. Uh, is number three on my list, right above Snow White. Snow White's still last.
0: Dumbo is above it. Snow
1: White. Yeah, sorry, Snow White. I just, even though Dumbo, as you said, was kind of like lazy and it felt like they, it really did feel like they were padding it out. The like the latent effect of it and like the weird symbolism and like the weird like things made it interesting to me, even if it wasn't meant to be compelling in that way. It was still really fun to dissect in a way that Snow White was not
0: That's fair that's fair you you yeah. get a completely dif- you get a completely different perspective on these I just realized because you get to dissect them in a way that is related to the original story so that's where that's where your you know dissection perspective comes from on Dumbo Whereas I was looking at this purely from like a production standpoint, and from that standpoint, like that's where it disappointed me at every step of the way, um, which is why I, I I couldn't find myself quite as interested in it, and I was actually more interested in the strike than than this, um. So I think that's interesting to see how that that plays into our opinions. That's I never con- yeah. I had never considered that.
1: Yeah, it would have been higher on my list if it were, like... Not it... so easy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, yeah. So, yeah, and Pinocchio is still number one for me because it's just so fun to watch for all the wrong reasons. Um, and for <laughs> for and for some of the right reasons, but mostly yeah. all the wrong reasons. Um, number two is Fantasia, number three is Dumbo, and number four is still Snow White.
0: Well, oh, I'd say... That by now, uh, we were concerned, I believe, uh, in the second episode that we were going to have very similar looking lists. Yes, these are pretty diverged because I've got in first place Fantasia, in second place Pinocchio, um, for the reasons of creativity and um, storytelling and just visual beauty, and Snow White in third place out of respect. And out of four films in tenth place Dumbo We'll see we'll see how long that
1: lasts. Okay, so uh well we've done our ranking and we've done our crackwat theories and that All that's left
0: is to say that the next movie is Bambi.
1: Oh yeah, I never said that. The la- the next movie is Frozen. No <laughs> Bambi. Bambi's Frozen
0: bambi is not frozen
1: bambi in frozen
0: bambi in bambi 2 bambi's revenge
1: bambi and frozen in my mom is dead
0: starring dwayne the rock johnson as
1: bambi (laughs) that's such a good short i love it it's so funny i'm
0: bambi Bambi. (laughs) it's hunting season
1: <laughs> it's a good one. Okay. Anyway, uh yeah, Bambi.
0: Bambi. We're gonna we're gonna continue our trend of animals in Bambi.
1: In Bimbo. In Bim- Bam- B- B- Bam- Bambi and Dumbo together. <laughs> makes bimbo. God damn it. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so that was Dumbo. That was dumb. So, <laughs> uh
0: what's what's next on the agenda abby
1: we watch a little film called are you my mommy
0: by pd eastman by by p peter peter east
1: yes um no seriously though we are going to be watching bambi next
0: oh with the deer we, oh Wait, dear that wimpy deer
1: Oh dear!
0: Oh dear. Well, join us next time when. Uh, did you did you do did you say the thing last time or did I?
1: I think you did the one the last time.
0: So do you wanna
1: do you wanna do do you wanna do I'll it? I'll do time? it. I'll do it this time. I'd love for you to do all it. All right, all right. Um. Well. We, uh, we had a great time. We were sufficiently traumatized by the haunting soulless eyes of some pink elephants, and next time we will be sharpening our scalpels for venison when we dissect the mouse.
0: Dissecting the Mouse would like to acknowledge the art provided on commission by Eric, Morgan, and Silas as well as the editing done on commission by Connor, and of course, the research done by Abby and Nate. Links to the business information for all involved artists are provided in the expanded credits, as well as a bibliography of relevant sources. Nate would also like to extend his personal thanks to his library co-workers. Dissecting the Mouse is intended as a review based on subjective opinion, and is not intended to be a scholarly source. Thank you for listening.
1: Was that? <laughs> that was me getting possessed by a clown. That's what I was. <laughs> <laughs> the clown's
0: revenge. Don't get revenge. possessed by a clown.
1: <laughs> it makes you make oh, that man.
0: noise. Yes. God.